Today on Garnet and Great. We let it all hang out in Alabama. Took them to the whooping shed is what we did. Back in the 60s, a handful of games created a tipping point for Florida State football. It changed the perception of FSU from a scrappy up-and-comer to a team that major powers no longer cared to schedule as a homecoming opponent. And one of those games is still remembered as a classic, a down-to-the-wire shootout with Bear Bryant's Crimson Tide. And Birmingham, Alabama faces Florida State in the season's opener. Alabama was national champions in 1966, but on that night in September of 1967, the Seminoles were not backing down. Previous year, they'd only given up 38 points all year, and they pretty much had the same defense. FSU defensive back John Crow. So they were shocked how easily uh, Kim Hammond and the offense moved that ball up and down the field. The sparks that fired up the Knolls against Alabama would begin six days earlier, first on the practice field. Well, it goes back to the game before we got embarrassed in the Astrodome. We'd never played on AstroTurf. Houston Cougars beat us pretty bad, and we flew home after the game. It was a Friday night game, and we practiced twice on Saturday, after church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and pads. And we didn't fly up to play Alabama till noon of Saturday. We'd know we were going to play Saturday evening. So we had a team meeting and said, well, I'm not sure I can make another week like this. Then to get his team mentally prepared, Coach Bill Peterson knew just what motivational buttons to push. He was a brilliant psychologist. That's linebacker Dale McCullers. Now, before that game, he was telling everybody on the news that it was a mismatch, that Alabama was number one, that we were going to be lucky to even score. It made us so mad that we played harder than we ever played before. And for a little trickery, Coach Pete made a surprise lineup change, moving Bill Mormon from halfback to fullback, and in his place, speedy defensive back Larry Green. Coach Pete said, Larry, we need to move you back to offense. Figured he would utilize what, what speed I had and give us a little more threat on the corner. One of the first plays we ran was a sweep, which picked up considerable yardage around the left side, right in front of Alabama's sideline. So uh, that kind of put them off guard a little bit because they had not anticipated me being there. If you look at that statistics in that game, you'll see Mormon Green and uh, Kim Hammonds had a lot of rushing yardage. The Knowles kicked off before 71,299 at Legion Field. It was the biggest crowd ever to see the Seminoles play. But on the Tide's opening drive, a pitch out, a fumble, and a ball bouncing FSU's way, right into the hands of Dale McCullers. I just remember being excited about getting the ball back. I think I was lucky to pounce on it. First series we ran, we scored a touchdown. I think it was Billy Mormon on a pass from Hammonds. Then lightning struck for the Seminoles with a big play by the kick return unit. FSU's Walt Sumner makes a sensational punt return, carrying 75 yards to give Florida State its second of two quick touchdowns. Alabama's 17-game winning streak is on the line. And Walt Sumner, defensive cornerback, later played seven, eight years for the Cleveland Browns. was a great one. Just really was fast. Walt takes the punt all the way back for a touchdown, and Bear Bryant's on the sideline. What the hell's going on out there? Nobody runs punts back against Alabama. And Dale McCullers remembers all the work that went into setting up that punt return for a touchdown. We were just extremely proud that we had practiced well enough all week to execute that play 
perfectly. He didn't get touched the whole way. I'm 73 years old. I get emotional just thinking about that one play. So we went out on the field, and we were up 14 to nothing. Uh, Kenny Stabler had had some problems off season, and the Bear was disciplining him. And so he didn't start him. He started a quarterback named Joe Kelly. He turned to Kenny Stabler on the bench. He said, Kenny, did you learn your lesson? Get in there. So Kenny was disciplined for all of two minutes or two and a half minutes of the starting game in 1967. He came off the bench throwing that ball and uh, had a great receiver and a guy named Dennis Holman. That was probably the fastest game that I've ever been in in my life. It was just such high-intensity, high-speed, great players on both sides. We would score, they would score. We would score, they would score. Alabama, a three-touchdown favorite, comes roaring back. Kenny Stabler to Dennis Holman. A 51-yard scoring play for the Crimson Tide, and the battle is really joined. They quickly tied it up 14-14, even went ahead at one point. Alabama's two quick touchdowns and two-point conversion gave them a 15-14 lead late in the first quarter. Mike Bugar played defensive line that night for FSU. You know, it's just an exciting game. I remember that. And Mike still regrets missing a tackle. Got missed a tackle on Staber on the two-point conversion. That would have changed the final score of the game. It was a speed option, down-the-line option, and missed a tackle on Staber in the backfield. FSU's ball. Kim Hammond decides to go to the air, but it's gathered in by Alabama's Mike Ford, who brings it back a total of 58 yards for one of the most exciting pass interceptions of the game. And we got back ahead, back and forth, back and forth. An off-tackle play sends Morgan hurtling over the final 10 yards to score for Alabama as the lead changes hands again. At halftime, FSU led 24-22, thanks in large part to an offensive line led by Big Jack Fenwick, at least big by 1967 standards. Our offensive line, believe it or not, averaged 205 pounds. And I was maybe the second biggest, and I was 225, 230, and that was before summer practice. Jack was one of the hardest-nosed, toughest players I remember. And Jack remembers how FSU's undersized offensive line was able to keep quarterback Kim Hammond's jersey clean throughout the game. It's the manner in which we could block back then. You were allowed to what we called headbutt. You know, as a defensive player would rush, you would butt him, <laughs> which you can't do anymore. You couldn't put your hands on a player like they can now and get away with it. You'd be called for holding. You could chop block people, cross body block people. The rules were a little bit different. Meanwhile, Alabama fans were not used to their team being behind at halftime. I think the fans were the most surprised that everyone was a little bit in shock. And they were doing a documentary on Bear Bryant and uh, he had some words to say on the sidelines. <laughs> My opinion, if they were looking past us, and we had just had one really tough week of practice, and none of us wanted to repeat that. And I think they came in a little cocky. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was a lot of respect. Maybe they just weren't taking us as serious. They realized they had to put on the big boy pants. They were in a real competitive football game. So we were more motivated, I think, to play beyond our capabilities, and maybe that day we did. Coach Pete could tell the way his team was playing. They didn't need a fiery halftime speech. He, he didn't really need to have a pep talk because we were we were feeling the momentum. We could almost taste it coming to us. And, of course, then Stabler comes in and makes a, a difference. We got after him defensively really, really tough in the second half. He was having to scramble. In fact, one of the touchdown passes he threw, he was literally 
swung around by our defense. And as they were swinging him around with his left hand, he launched that ball for a touchdown pass, which uh, made it a lot closer. Offensive fireworks in the first half gave way to a tough defensive struggle. They had trouble running the ball. Our defense, they stepped up, and when it got down to the wire, you know, it was actually in control of the game. Bob Menendez and Floyd Ratliff and then uh, Ronnie Wallace at the ends were tough on them. Uh, We did intercept a couple. I know Chuck Eason picked off two. In that high-scoring game, the only third-quarter points came on a 38-yard field goal by FSU's Grant Guthrie. We had to work for every yard we got. We had a couple of critical situations where we had to have first downs and Coach Pete called on the running game to get a couple of those first downs. And one, I just had to literally leap over the line to get a first down and a critical first down at that time. In the fourth quarter, Alabama's offense shifted back into high gear, scoring two touchdowns. Alabama keeps the pressure on. Stabler decides to throw the ball, hitting Dennis Holman again, who goes 55 yards to the FSU 18. Holman was just unbelievable. I can remember TK and I actually committing pass interference, and he just reached out with one hand and caught the ball anyway. Later, Morgan scores from the three, but FSU strikes back in the final two minutes. We were lucky enough to dig up some rare play-by-play of that game. It's lost and found sound that probably hasn't been heard in over 50 years. And it captures the cliffhanger excitement of those final minutes, static and all. 30 strikes to 30 in favor of Alabama. Davis will attempt the kick. The kick is in the air. It is good. Alabama leads. 37 to 30 over Florida State. Alabama kicks off and FSU starts out at their own 35. Two running plays take it to the 48, and then... Second down 10 from the Florida State 48. Hammond bursts the signals. Hammond drops straight back this time. He's going over the center, complete to Obrero, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, to the 34-yard line in Alabama territory before Eddie Froke finally brings him down. It's first and 10 for Florida State. With under two minutes to go, quarterback Kim Hammond again hooks up with his favorite target. Complete the challenge to the 15. Wide to the right comes Abrera. Flip back Going side is right. Hammond goes. Second down. Goal to go. Hammond throws complete and into the end zone to Bowman for the touchdown. Beautiful pass. We cannot give Cam Hammond enough credit. That was a magnificent pass. With the game on the line, Coach Bill Peterson doesn't take long to come up with his most important call of the night. And he has been tremendous. He has kicked three field goals, three extra points. Now, Florida State asks for timeout. Florida State asks for timeout. Grant Guthrie lines up to kick an extra point that would become an exclamation point on a shot heard round the college football world. Here's the snap. It's right down. It's in the air, and it is We had a chance to go for the win, but Pete recognized at that time in our program that a tie with Alabama was probably like a win. 
Uh, so we kicked the extra point and uh, tied the game 37-37. But it was one of the early sod games. With the score tied, Alabama gets one last chance, but Kenny Stabler is picked off by FSU's Chuck Eason. Leaving enough time for Kim Hammond to try a couple of Hail Mary heaves, but... Yeah, ties like kissing your sister, but we were thrilled to have played that well. And it was clear the coaches were proud of it. We let it all hang out in Alabama. We were not supposed to play that well against such a tough opponent, ranked number one, and we kind of shocked the world. When it was over, FSU had rolled up over 400 yards of offense on the nation's number one defense. Took them to the whooping shed is what we did. I literally think we left all we had on the field in, in Birmingham, and to be honest with you, we didn't really have anything to lose. We went to the game no holes barred. Get what you can and do what you can and do the best you can. They had a, a barn full of thoroughbred athletes at Alabama, and I just don't think they were ready. For- if the game had kept going, it may have just continued like that because we could score in several different ways. That opportunity to play Alabama in Alabama on national television, and they were featuring Coach Bryant at that time, uh, that was motivation for us. Uh, and the fact that we had lost to Houston and then we worked so hard that next week to get ready for Alabama just added to that. And Florida State was a much better team than we were against Houston. Uh, Kim Hammonds was solid in the quarterback position in the second game. He had the arm and the running ability to lead us, and he did the rest of the season. Uh, I.E. was fourth in Heisman Trophy voting that year. I don't know what the game plan was that Alabama had, but I don't think they were prepared for the passing the game that we had. And later, a tired but proud FSU team had a nice surprise waiting for them back in Tallahassee. I'll never forget as long as I live, flying into the Tallahassee airport. At that time, it was a prop plane where they bring the ladder out to you to get, get off the plane. A group of fans were on the tarmac waiting on us. It's just a tremendous crowd waiting at the airport. We tied a really great team, and maybe we're better than everybody thought we were. The fans really appreciated it. It was like we won the game, even though we tied them. The reception that we came back from that game, we got to Tallahassee, kind of pumped us up a little bit. Never been in a situation where the girls were just grabbing you and kissing you when you came off the plane, but they were doing it. It was good to be a guy at Florida State back then. There were three girls to every guy when I started here. And the coach's son, Bill Peterson Jr., he arrived at the airport just in time for the spontaneous late-night turnout. After the game, we went to the airport to pick Dad up, Mom and Dad, and it was just, I mean, I think there may be 10,000 people at the airport whatever, one or two o'clock in the morning. After that hero's welcome and all the post-game euphoria died down, was everybody still okay with a tie? We were really okay with it. Uh, yes, we wanted to win, but we had fought so hard and we had accomplished a lot for our team. All I know is I felt bad after the game because I missed that tackle. Because everybody was jubilant and I was sort of down a little bit. Because we really felt like we should have won that game. Coach Peterson had to make the choice. Do we go for a tie or go for the win? And we kicked the extra point and it became a tie. But believe it or not, I wanted to win. It was a defeat for them to tie, but it was a really a moral victory for us. Once again, Bill Peterson Jr. You know, we had the opportunity to either kick for the tie or go for two. And we asked him, I said, how come you didn't go for two? He said, I, I just didn't think it was fair to our kids. We played them even up for 60 minutes, and I didn't want it to come down to just one play that – 
might not go our way. I didn't think that was fair to our kids. And he said, I know some people aren't going to like that that's the decision I made, but I thought that was best for our players. And he said, I thought it was best for Florida State University's football program over the long term. That was a great thing about ties in those days. That was uh, for FSU like a win and for Alabama like a loss. It was several years later when Coach Pete opened up about that 37-37 deadlock, a game that might have been the hallmark of his coaching career. Kim Hammond and Sellers put on a, an exhibition of football that you have never seen before. That's one of the most interesting games that I've coached. But uh, Kim Hammond just picked him to death. You know, he really uh, was reading the keys real good. Uh, Alabama didn't know how to stop the passing game like that, I'm telling you. Bear Bryant was very complimentary. He said that's the best prepared team he's come up against to play Alabama. You look at the games that Alabama played and the teams that we played the rest of the season, we played Mississippi State, we did better than Alabama did. Uh, We played South Carolina, we did better than Alabama did against South Carolina. So we played Texas A&M regular season. We beat them uh, in a tough game in the rain. At the end of the season, look at our records. Uh, Alabama comes back and Texas A&M beats them in the Cotton Bowl game. So we were 0-2-1 after three games in the season and then ran the table. Ended up with a season record of, what was it, 7-2-2 with the tie in the Gator Bowl with uh, Penn State. Would I like for them to have been wins? Yeah, 9-2 and two would be uh, a great year. 7-2-2 was also a great year in 67. As the memory of that game fades away over time, so are the lives of the players and coaches. Well, unfortunately, there's there's quite a number. We've lost T.K. Weatherell, who went on to be Speaker of the House and President of the University, Dr. Weatherell. He played safety with me in 66 uh, and 67. He was a wide receiver first of his career and then saw the light and came over to the defensive team. Kim Hammonds, who was the Judge Hammonds, uh, Bill Mormon, a great running back on that team. TK and Bill Mormon together have two of the most electrifying kickoff returns in the history of Florida State football. Mormon would catch the ball and run up the right sideline and lateral across to TK, and TK would use his great speed behind a wall of blockers and go down the left side of the field. We did it against Miami, and they did it against Kentucky. Bill Gunner, another running back. Donovan Jones, a running back. Uh, Thurston Taylor, top performer at offensive end. Clinton Burton on the defense, Mike Page on the defense, um, Gary Padgett, another quarterback. At least 17 players and five coaches have passed away from that 67 team that tied Alabama and ended the regular season with a landmark victory. The memory of that team takes us down to Gainesville, Florida, the first FSU team to beat the Gators in Gainesville, and the 67 team was that team. We went through a lot together. Uh, One thing about playing on a team is um, it really builds uh, that bonding. You really become uh, brothers. And not only great friends, great players, but great men uh, and great people for Florida State University. Garnet and Great is produced by Rich Holton, FSU Class of 71. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go Nose.